This is episode 111 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. back episode 111 of the speed metal cycling podcast for june 24th or so of 2015 i am your host the almighty skull crusher speedmetalcycling.com is the website check it out info at speedmetalcycling.com uh and yeah and joining me today as usual are my co-hosts mike spriggs uh from new york city mike how are you doing sir great and Klaus, my brother, how are you doing, sir? I'm making vegan nacho cheese. Making vegan nacho cheese. Awesomeness. And Mike, you're not going to make fun of them? No. Nope. I already did. Oh, of course. Um, <laughs> but you did it off the air, though. True. You, you, can, make, you can say it again now no, that we're recording. No, that's okay. That's fine. That's it? You're done? I think, that, I think, it, I think um, the joke is... It's just right there. <laughs> it doesn't even need to be said. You don't even... It, it, it's uh, self-contained. It's self-contained. A self-contained joke. All right. Amazing. Awesome. So, um, before... Are you going to mention that uh, President Barack Obama is on the podcast today? No, because he says the N-word. I don't like that. Uh, Wait, is that why you brought it up? No. I yep. just thought it would be funny if we pretended he was coming. <laughs> President Obama is going to be joining us in the second <laughs> part of the podcast. It's We're going to get a call from the Secret Service tomorrow. It's going to be amazing. Are you trying – Mike, do you think that once the United States president crosses that threshold of doing podcasts, it's open game and he'll do any podcast? Yeah, pretty much. It is. Uh, it kind of does feel that way. Once he does one, he should do all of them. And if nothing else, <laughs> he's invited to try out my nacho cheese. <laughs> to die for. What if the President of the United States stopped in your house, Klaus, rang the doorbell and was like, uh, excuse me, I've heard about the vegan nacho cheese. I would be flattered and then I would call Mike and say, in your face. In your face, punk. Yeah. Um, before we started recording, uh, Klaus, you said that um, you said that uh, you hadn't really been watching much cycling at all. No, I, I know nothing about cycling. However little I normally know, it's even less now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wow. clueless right now. That is crazy. Uh, Mike, you obviously have been watching. You had to. It's your job. It's your job. Well, yeah. I have this... It's kind of my job, too, because I make money off of kind of knowing what's going on. So right now I can't make some of that big, big-time money because I don't know what's going on. But my life has been taken over by moving and such. So, hmm. yeah, that's what's up. Um, so, but before we move any farther into nothingness and complete absolute cycling ignorance, um, I'd like to announce... First of all, Mike, why don't you announce the winner of the Giro Fantasy uh, League thing? Oh yes, so the the league was won. Remember the Take the Cannoli League that I that I named? Yes, I thought that was funny. That was, um, that was hilarious. <laughs> I liked it because cannolis are from Italy, from Italy. So you, that's where the Giro was. Yes, and of yeah, course, a nice Godfather reference. And yeah. then he's the Godfather reference. Let me just find the name of the. Hold on. Oh, crap. You want to hear something funny? I just now realized that there was the Godfather reference. Yeah, that's why That's why it's hilarious. Um, yeah. You're supposed um, to leave the cannoli. Yeah. The team was Roker, Roker Bianchi was the guy. And he, was, I, he had a commanding lead. He won. Uh, you know what I think is funny about that name? Is that... In the real world, sometimes names have to have a two-part name because 
in cycling, no sponsor can give enough money to run a team most of the time. Yeah. So you're at the mercy of two teams. This is a made-up team, and he still gave it two names. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I think I told the story last episode that I created a team super quickly just as a placeholder. When I went back to look for it, it wasn't there, so I had to create a second one. And the placeholder that I created just randomly dropped drop downs beat my regular one. I love that. Yeah. And also, and this is something, I don't know, the guys in Velo, Velo Games of whatever the name of that place is that makes the, the, the games, I'm sure they don't listen. But if anybody knows them or whatever, or maybe I should send them an email. It's really annoying when I look at the league and I can't tell, like, the, like the, the, the positions aren't numbered. Does that make any sense? So, like, the person yeah. that is winning is, should be one, but there's nothing there. So once you get past five, you have to start to count. And I, I'm, I'm like on a head-to-head against somebody else. I'm like three points away, and I have to count down all the way to like 84th versus 85th. It's ridiculous. Oh, wow. It's really annoying. No, there's a million things wrong with that website. I mean, I'm happy to have it. It's free. But True. there are so many little things like that that I think are an obstacle to people using it effectively because sometimes I – try to say, hey, how come you didn't join the league? And they're like, dude, I can't figure out how to log in and do, you know, it's just like they can't, it's not intuitive. So I have to say it's getting better, but it's taking forever. The couple of times I did it, it was thoroughly difficult. And maybe that's because I'm also not so bright, but it certainly was not inviting. Yeah. Like now when I think about it, I'm like, oh, Lord, I remember having to email you to troubleshoot it. Not to say that you're not able to help and you're not smart. I'm just saying I would rather not have to bug you about it. Right. Hmm. Well, anyway. Uh, so anyway, congratulations to Roker Bianchi. And uh, he won a Madonna del Gisalo pendant, which I hope he's received by now because I sent it a while ago. Um, we haven't done a podcast in a couple of weeks. so Yes. Congrats. But did you send one to his co-sponsor, Bianchi? Because it's a... <laughs> I mean, um, I'm just saying. Well, uh, I forgot what I was going to say next. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we had the, the, also the Giro Art Contest where the idea was, in case people missed the last couple of episodes, to uh, paint or draw or somehow represent a Giro winner of the modern era in whatever medium you felt more comfortable in, and we were going to judge it based on originality and whatever and and but one of the main things was like you had to be able to tell who it was by just looking at it and i want to thank everybody that sent in artwork and we had some really really good stuff and i can say that every single one of them i was able to tell who it was without reading so kudos to all our listeners who are artists because everybody did a really good job however we had to pick a a a finalist. However, someone did a much better job. Yeah, everybody else is a loser. But then we picked this one because it was originally original in many ways. First of all, the medium was awesome. Second of all, the winner that they picked was awesome. Oh, that's the other thing too. Out of all the entries, not a single Marco Pantani. Mm. Mm. That was very, very, very interesting. I thought everybody would have done Pantani. I would have. Especially if I want to win. But anyway... Um, the winner ended up being, drumroll please, Peter Bowman. I don't know where Peter is from because he didn't put uh, what part of the world he's from, but he did an amazing, amazing, amazing Miguel Indurain, uh, and his medium of choice was, of course, uh, his son's um, glitter. Glitter paint. Yeah, like glitter glue pens. Uh, and, and he did it on, on, on baking paper, which makes it even better. And uh, Big Mig is even sporting his Bonesto hat and the whole thing. And uh, Wait, what is baking paper? I don't know. Maybe this guy's from England. Oh, no, I think it's like the nonstick paper to... to yeah, that non-stick, like the wax paper. Like is wax this thing paper. edible? I don't know. Yeah. I, it can't be toxic. I can, I, toxic. There's no way. Did he send you the thing or a photo of the thing? Oh, a photo of the thing. I wish he would have yeah. sent me the thing. I would have framed it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. It's beautiful. And it actually looks like Indurain. And, of course, uh, he's wearing the pink jersey. But he said that he couldn't do the pink jersey, like, fill it in because that's his son's favorite color. So he couldn't use it up. <laughs> all the, He couldn't use up all the... 
all the pink. So thank you, Peter, and thanks to everybody else who sent um, submissions and art and stuff like that. And I'm definitely going to post uh, Peter's amazing masterpiece on the website. And maybe I'll pick another, a couple of other good ones and, and put them on there too. I'm, I haven't decided yet. That depends on how much. Do a podium. How much I want to do? Oh, a podium? Then I have to pick two more. Oh. Yeah. All right, fine. I'll do that. I'll do a podium. Sounds good to me. All right, so that's the two uh, things. That so that person to... should contact you, right? To, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter. Peter should send me uh, an email and uh, with your address, and uh, then we can uh, send you a special price pack with a whole bunch of random goodies and stuff. Mm, maybe some dirty socks. Okay, not dirty socks, just used socks, but laundered used socks. Okay, so I was going to say that, and I started saying this like 10 minutes ago, that before we, before we started recording, Klaus said, oh, I haven't seen anything cycling, I haven't heard anything cycling and stuff. And then I told him, you haven't even seen like Tinkoff Saxo's camouflage jersey? And he said no, and that's when I realized, oh my God, he really hasn't seen anything. Because out of all the things that have happened in cycling since the last time we talked, that's the one that... But we... I thought they had released, like, in January or something. Yeah, yeah, that was... No, that's a different one. This is the one that is just for the Tour for de the France. For the Tour? Oh, boy. I'm going to look at it right now. Oh, what boy. Is, what is Sagan's jersey going to look like? Oh, my God, I can't wait. With the camel. Just imagine that camel and then add some it's red and blue oh, and more white. Oh, it's like white. urban camel. <laughs> Yeah, and of course, Urban Camel, and they're wearing black underpants, of course. Yeah, the black, the black. Thing. You know who would like this? Max Cavalera of Sepultura. He was very fond of the Urban Camel. He still is very. That's right. Fond of the. Um, yeah, you, this is not good. No, you know who else would like this? Uh, Oleg Tinkov. Oh wait, of course <laughs> he does. God, what a tacky man he is. But anyway, so I thought. Well, all right, Camo Jersey, this is nuts. And then I was watching the Route de Sud that uh, Alberto Cantador won. And then there's a team there with a Camo Jersey and Camo shorts. And I was like, wait, what? Tinkoff is wearing... French Army. Yes. Yeah. The French <laughs> Army team. looks good, though. I, it does. Actually, it really does. And the funny thing is that every rider, I looked into these guys, every, guy, every rider is an actual soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was a French Army. So, but he, here's the, here's like, the, the they're not, see, I think of the historical implications of that comment. They're not very good, but, uh, <laughs> oof. but listen though. So let's say that you're like a chief sergeant, right? This, this, the, I, I looked at all the ranks and the chief sergeant is like the highest ranked guy in the team. So let's say that you're the chief sergeant, but you're just not a very good cyclist. What if there's like just a random soldier dude, and he's the team captain for the race, he's telling a chief sergeant what to do. Uh, it's like the Stonecutters episode of The Simpsons. What? No. <laughs> no. No one, no one remembers season seven of The Simpsons. No. no. Was that like 30 years ago? <laughs> oh, now I feel old. <laughs> uh, but here's anyway. the thing, though. But wouldn't that be interesting, though, if you're like... A sergeant and then some random soldier is telling you what to do in a bike. But anyway. I'm uh, telling you that's what happens. Do you Smithers think I should... outranks uh, Mr. Burns and the Stonecutters. <laughs> exactly it. Like the Grand Masons? Yes, yes, yes. Should I? This jersey is available for sale for $83.97. That sounds that's like a French sale. price. Should I buy it? It's pretty sweet. I like it. However, something that is really interesting is... Uh, and, and if you can go back and look at any of the, of the stages in the Rue de Sud, look at it because helicopter shots, the guys really do disappear. The camo is like this weird greenish, grayish green. And on the pavement, they just you can't see them. Seriously, it's really funny. Kind of the same is happening to the Saxo Bank logo. On the yeah, the, I mean, yeah, it, it, I that blue why. white, it just gets lost. Completely. Okay, so Klaus, that means that you haven't heard anything about the Bjarne Ries thing that happened yes between yesterday and today. No, I seriously, I'm so out of it. So Denmark, I believe the country of Denmark, 
like commissioned. What's that? They want them out. They're kicking. They 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 kick them out. No, they they commissioned some sort of like uh, investigation about doping and cycling and all that stuff. And of course, it came out that he did it. It came out that he did blood doping and that he was aware of like significant amount of doping in CSC. And a, a lot of the writers that were interviewed were interviewed in exchange for anonymity, of oh. course. But three writers from CSC refused to be interviewed. J.J. Hayedo. And who else? Fabian Cancellara. <laughs> no. And Ivan Basso. Ivan Basso, maybe. Cancellara, for sure. Who else is still out there? Jens Vogt. Oh, yeah. He's always been Mr. I would never do that. Yeah, leave leave yes. Lance alone. Cancellara and who else? Uh, other than that, everybody's come out already. I mean, well, Sastre, Sastre said he didn't. He's like, well, I, yeah. I saw nothing. That's right. That's right. Always or been the Frank one Schleck, that. Maybe. Oh, maybe Frank Schleck. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Gulrich already came out. He said Gullick, what he yeah, yeah. said. Um, obviously, Tyler Hamilton already said what he wanted to say. So, yeah. What? Tyler Hamilton dope? Uh, yeah, I don't know if you heard. Yeah, it's, it's still, uh, it's I haven't been paying attention at all. <laughs> but I didn't I, know about the camouflage or this. Okay, no, this is the most important part of this whole story. So uh, I will read you the, the little things. Says, Thanks to interviews, ADD, which I'm guessing is a Danish something or the other, said it also established that Reese was aware of other writers on his team were using were using doping. That he had requested Danish writer Bo Hamburger to provide EPO to Georg Jaxi. Wow. Is there a Simpsons episode about Bo Hamburger? Yeah, his name comes up. No, no, no. No, no but Apu in that one episode mentions vegetarian hamburgers. But not <laughs> vegan nacho cheese, Mike. <laughs> Hadn't been invented yet. No, not yet. No. Uh, yeah, because we're talking about 1974. He start, Bo started a building company and a bike shop. He is the leading sports director on Christina Watches. Get out, really? Yeah. With but his, I guess uh, this must be old because there's no Christina Watches anymore, right? Yeah. Not that I know of. I mean, I think the company still exists, but the team doesn't. So I think the other issue that tied to this is that Nikki Sorensen is, is implicated in all of this. Yes. But he's he, still working. Interestingly uh, enough, oh, yeah. he came out like the day before the the – the findings were made. So he basically came out and was like, oh, yeah, I doped before. And then the next day, the whole thing comes down. Yeah. yeah. Now, isn't it interesting that Oleg Tinkoff hates Bjorn Rees. They get into that whole thing or whatever. He gets out of there. Sorensen stays behind. And when Sorensen comes out and says, oh, I did this, then automatically Tinkoff is like, oh, yeah, we, but it's okay. We still love you. Stay over here, whatever. And meanwhile, they're looking down at Rees. He's like, oh, you cheater. Look what you did. It's... Yes. I don't know. Like, I know. I'm expecting pairs out of, what is it? Pairs out of an Olmo. I don't what? know. Uh, Whatever. It's a Colombian saying. Never mind. I'm asking too much from like a crazy Russian dude. But The wrong thing out of the wrong plant, more or less, is how this angle is. Yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm, asking, I'm asking an elm to give me pears. Yeah. How do you like that Colombian saying, Mike? That's was so memorable. It is. <laughs> it has a better ring to it in Spanish. Okay, so you know what's funny too in the Dauphiné, this thing happened that after Froome won the state, the first stage that he won, he didn't stay for the conference, for the press conference, he just took off. So they fined him 200 euros for not talking to the press. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And the 4,000 euros that the team would have gotten for winning the stage, they kept that too. Ooh. Yeah, if I were the team, I'd be like, uh, yeah, you jackass, you can't talk to the press, you just cost us 4,000 euros. I think most of the writers maybe don't care a ton, but like a mechanic who gets yeah. a little cut of that, I'm sure he's not happy. Yeah. Um, oh, Klaus, so you didn't watch the Dauphine? Not a second of it, I admit. Mike, did you? Yeah. I'm sure you watched the whole thing. Did you see how Mountain Chewbacca won like... The it's funny that it, it's funny that that team spent so much money on all these sprinters, yet 
like, I mean, I know that they've gotten some good results with sprinters, but like, um, what's the name of that young South African guy? Uh, Tyler Ma- Fair. No, Maintius or whatever. Not Tyler Fair. He's probably their most successful rider. Him and Daniel because he won the mountains jersey in the Dauphiné. Mm. But uh, hold on. You haven't mentioned Tyler Fair. No, he's he, in that team, you know. He quote unquote punched his ticket to the tour. Yeah, he actually he was selected to the tour. Yeah, that's yeah, he's, he's, he's the dumb. best. I don't he, know if you remember, but he wears transitions glasses. He doesn't anymore. That <laughs> sponsorship ended. That that sponsorship ended in like nineteen ninety six. Yeah, that was a short lived sponsorship. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so behind the times. You are. You're still watching The Simpsons. That's the problem. I know. Well, Sean S- Kelly's still racing, right? Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, so Chris Froome beat, beat TJ Van Garderen is basically the story. And Dolphin, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's it, the story. Much, okay. to my, much to my chagrin because I want it. Yeah. Who, who wants to watch Chris Froome ride a bicycle? Did you see? Not even see his girlfriend. His attacks out of the saddle? They're, <sighs> Wait, is he attacking out of the saddle? Yeah, yes. What he does that it. look like? You can only imagine. Does it look like he's mounting a bicycle? Against its will. No, I, I, I said a couple of years ago that Chris Room riding looks like a skeleton having sex with a bike. <laughs> yes. and, and when he's out of the saddle, it's even more grotesque. Oh, no. Yeah, those knees go out as far out as his elbows do. Really? It's really creepy. It's really weird, yeah. I have to find clips of this. No, and, and, and just, I don't know. I just, I was just, I really wanted TJ to win it and really, really pushing for him. But, it, I mean, I, you got to give it to Froome, though. He, yeah. He raced really, really smart, and he deserved it at the end. I mean, how did you guys think Quintana looked? Oh, in in Route de Sud. Well, you know, sorry to get ahead. It's it's a very short race, so you don't really get a chance to see it. The only the only stage that where you saw anything was the Queen stage, which had a, a first category climb, like about maybe ten or fifteen k from the from the finish. So they basically finished in a downhill. Mm. Um, he looked good, solid, but obviously Contador looked better. And then, it, like, throughout the whole climb, and then on the descent, Contador attacked, basically, and it, there was just nothing Quintana could do. At some point, Quintana just basically, you could tell he just uh, kind of gave up. He was like, I'm not going to risk crashing now in this crazy yeah. descent just to catch him. So he ended up losing, like, 20 seconds, and that's how much... Contador ended up winning the the race for. So I don't think that he looked amazing. Uh, Contador definitely looked better. But, you know, this is still... Is it my my imagination or is Contador getting better at descending? Or maybe he's using it more effectively? I don't know, man. But he was... I mean, he really was doing a really, really good job. Yeah. So Contador, you know, didn't have a huge amount of competition for most of the Giro. But everyone's account of the Giro is that the speed, the climbing, and everything that was happening, mostly attributed to one team in particular, was insane so that everyone came out of it just dead. Dead. Like, just cooked. So I wonder, can Contador keep it up? Or after the first week and a half or something, he's really strong and then he just fades? I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really interesting because he's basically going to come in and he's the only one of all the favorites that that has that many miles in their legs. So it'll be interesting. I would much rather, I mean, as little as I know about like being a professional rider, I would much rather be where Chris Froome is right now than where Contador is. You know what I mean? I just... Yeah. It, uh, but but I don't know. But you know, see, here's the thing. I want, of course, I want Quintana to win the tour because I'm Colombian and because it'd be amazing. But seeing Contador do it would be amazing. If he's not going to be Quintana or, I don't know, whatever other Colombian may stand a slight chance, then I would like for Contador to do it and be like, dude, he did the double. Like, nobody's done it in such a long time. Since Pantani, right? Uh, see the last one? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Mm. I guess we'll see. I, Contador is a little bit of a bummer, but eh, who isn't? Mm. <laughs> well, 
That's but a healthy. Sport, that's a healthy attitude. The whole sport is a bit of a bummer. Yeah, exactly. Right now, I certainly feel that way. I'm totally bummed out. Well, the, the so the Tour de Suisse was even better than the Dauphiné. It really wasn't. But uh, you know who looked good though was Enao. Really? Yeah. He is was, he doing the tour? Have they said yet? Uh, I think he may be in the short list. Hold on. Uh, I just saw BC Ciclismo has all the... Yeah, I don't know. I can't find it. Well, I mean, as as far as long as we know that Tyler Fair is going to be there, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, Bosenhagen, Steve Cummings, Tyler... Jacques Jens van Rensburg um, and Reiner Janse van Rensburg and Marawi Kudus, Luis Menties, Serge Powells, and Daniel Tekle Heimanot. That's Mount Chewbacca. Oh, poor Paul and Phil. They're going to kill over trying to pronounce those (laughs) things. No, because they're all like pro-Africa and stuff, so they probably know all these people. Oh, that's true. They they probably know how to pronounce yeah. those names better than Tyler Farah. Yeah. Oh, you know what else happened in the in the Tour de Suisse that I was very happy to see? Mm. You're not gonna believe this, but um, Domenico Pozzovivo is alive. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him on a bike. I was like, "Yay, he's alive! He's alive!" <laughs> how did you feel about that final time trial? I didn't see it. <laughs> Why? What happened? It was a nail biter. Oh, Wait, what? If they're gonna have a time trial. Then the whole race comes down to a time trial, then that's the only way to have a time trial. Well, yeah, I guess. But yeah, I didn't I didn't watch it. Missed it. So, Spielock. Oh yeah, that's right. Spielock won. Yeah, 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 that's right. But didn't you think that it was funny that Thibaut Pino won that stage? Yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh my god, Thibaut Pino, hey, um has He's he ever back. has he ever won anything? I looked it up. Um other than when he finished third in the Tour de France. He won the Settimana Ciclistica Lombarda, and he was he won one stage of the Tour de Lain. That's it. That's all he's done in his career. Next up, mountain bike Chewbacca. <laughs> yes. What? Exactly. People, you know, man. I, I keep saying mountain bike. When I see the MT, I just think of MTB and I don't know. Well, whatever. That's where my mind goes. But yeah, no, and now it looked really, really good. He was working for Garant Thomas, but um, but he looked good. And Miguel Angel Lopez, um, the 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 headline in the Colombian newspaper was "La Sensación en Suiza." So apparently, he's like he's a sensation, a sensation in Switzerland, and he's twenty one years old. But uh, he did a really, really good job, and he finished in the top ten, I think. Yeah, he finished. He he finished seventh, seventh, and then Enao finished eleventh, <coughs> and then Johan Esteban Chavez Rubio finished fourteenth. Uh, oh, now that we're speaking, uh, speaking of Colombian last names and stuff, I have to apologize uh, on record, on the record, to Mike, to Mike. Because when we were playing the second last name game, and I, he actually got Alberto Contador's second last name correct, and I told him that it wasn't correct, even though it was. What so. did you say it was? Uh, Velasco. But my brother said that was wrong. So what did he say? Velasquez. Velasquez. Oh, amateur hour. Thank you for the official retraction. It's not only a retraction, but it's also an apology. Thank you. I have a I'm sorry card that I bought. Even though I didn't know at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you yeah, were like, oh, yeah. Podcast, that you, sounds right. You lied and said that was it, and Mike and I were like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're the cycling specialists. Here's the like most famous person in the sport. Okay, sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. So when does the when does the tour, the tour start? When does the Tour de France start? Sometime in July. Fourth of July. July 4th? Really? Yeah. USA. In Utrecht. In in Utrecht, yeah. Yeah. Utrecht. I didn't even realize it started that weekend because that weekend I'm going to be in uh, my in-laws, my in-law family, whatever it's called, my wife's family, are having a family reunion. And I'm going to be over there. Cool. Oh, no. 
Come on, man. Not cool? How is that cool? No, hell no. They don't want to watch the race with you? <laughs> hey, Uncle Bob, let's watch cycling. What the hell are you talking about, boy? No. <laughs> I married into I a very white family. The tour in 2008 or 9 that I was somewhere with uh, my in laws and I turned on the first stage of the tour. And by the time I turned it on, when the broadcast art, Mauricio Soler had already fallen and broken his wrist. Oh, that was 2008. Yeah. Yeah. So sad. I mean, clearly, especially with his condition now, like it's not even funny to joke about any of that stuff. But I just remember it's like those Mike Tyson fights from the late 80s, early 90s when you'd be like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Tell me when it starts. And then you go pee and you come back and you're like, it's over. (laughs) You're like, wait, what? Are you kidding me? No, no, no. I'm not kidding. Seriously. Knock out 30 seconds. (laughs) Those were Here's Here's something we didn't talk about. What? And it's pertaining to the tour, if we're going to start talking about the tour. Let's talk uh, about the, the tour. U- the UCI band, um, camper vans. Motor <laughs> homes, yeah. Motorhomes. Why the hell would they care? I love it. I love it that they did that. I forgot. Because it's that. harder to search through them and they can yeah. move them. Like the police can't raid them if you just move it in the morning. Oh, yeah. Wow, Team Sky was getting sneaky. No, that's not why we were doing it. No, it's for optimal rest. But also... Yeah, yeah, else? optimal optimal rest because a camper is better than a hotel. But see, here's the thing. You, you know, like the hotels vary from night to night and so does the parking lot. You have to have a security guy or someone like mm. posted outside because... It, like you could just start rocking it back and forth. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Klaus, you and I are obviously related because the first thing that I, when you start saying that, I was like, dude, I would go up to the thing and just started rocking it. I wouldn't even yeah. bang on the window. Though. I would just start rocking yeah. it. Like you don't need to like hurt him or do something really mean, but just some like drunk guy's like, hey, Chris Froome, wake up. <laughs> hey, like, Chris Froome, you're, the race is starting, man. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes you have, like, a nice private parking lot. It's like a Holiday Inn, but sometimes you're just on the middle of a street in a city. You have to have someone in the front. Like, that's incredibly wasteful. And also, what if the street is not level? Klaus. You're, like, in an uphill, and then Chris Room is just, like, his bag of little tiny bones is just rolling downhill. Klaus, you said it's incredibly wasteful about Team Sky, the most wasteful Uh, team in the world. They don't care. That's true. Yeah, but I just I just keep thinking of like in the movie Jackass where someone goes into the porta potty and they tip it over. Yeah. Like, you just do that to it. Like here, Chris Room. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Put a jack under it, jack it up, he falls <laughs> off the bed. I don't know, it just seems like he's very vulnerable out there. And does he have someone sleeping in that in there with him? Is he really alone? I think it's amazing that it took this long for someone to figure out, A, to do this. That's and, you know, And then, you know, someone, like, maybe picked up the rule book and was like, guys, there's nothing in here about camper vans. Yeah. Doing this. I just, it's kind of weird. Imagine if Tom Brady, the night before the Super Bowl, slept in a car outside the stadium. <laughs> like, fans from the other team, I'm not saying they're going to kill him, but they would at least, like, shake the car. Oh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, they would definitely want to kill yeah, like, oh, guys, why are you bothering me? I'm just asleep. Oh, 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 you know what I would do to Tom Brady's car? I would deflate his tires. Oh! See? What it, you, could, you could do that. <laughs> Again, I'm not trying to even say, like, something really bad, nothing harmful. It just seems very vulnerable out there outside the Campanile Hotel. Yeah. And, like, I, would, I would do harmful things to, to that asshole, though. To Tom Brady? Or yeah, to, to Tom Brady. To Tom Brady, nah. Chris Froome, I don't... Whatever. I would I would rock the van. Yeah, I don't care. Tom Brady, I would probably throw, a, like, a rock at the car. Mike, he's talking about your boy. I don't follow that. Mike, you're from Boston. I'm going to create a bumper sticker that says, if this van's a rockin', I'm going to lose the Tour de France. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I expect to see that on Gage's... In the sky font. I have the sky font. I'll use the sky font. Yes. I expect to see that bumper sticker and t-shirt mm. uh, on sale at GageandDeSoto.com tomorrow. Especially the t-shirt because that makes no sense on a t-shirt. 
But they could. But see, I think Sky was hoping to really sell the Baba Froom leftover ones from last year because now there's kind of a time with an actual engine, like it would work. Because they no. probably have eight million of those still. And because the little engine and hit inside his bike is silent, so the vroom vroom doesn't work. Yeah, it's like blah blah. No. <laughs> it's an electric Mike, motor. Mike, as a Bostonian, I would expect that you would stand up to anyone that talks about Brady, just out of sheer principle, in the same way that you should always defend House of Pain, even though we've already established that they're not even from Boston, <laughs> but everyone thinks they are. Well, you know, I'm not going to, it sounds to me like the Patriots are a bunch of cheats. They get caught every year doing something completely shady. Yes, exactly, because the team owner is a cheating bastard. He's the, he's <laughs> the worst. He's the worst thing that ever happened to American football. No, actually, that's not true. Kickers. Most, if not all, European listeners right now don't know what's happening. Yeah. Kickers. Kickers are the worst thing that ever happened to American football. Kickers and punters. They should not exist. It's the only way that non-Americans could ever make it onto an American football team. There's it doesn't hope. really matter. I don't need foreigners in American football uh, teams. I'm, I'm fine with that. There's, there's an article on ESPN somewhere uh, buried. It's been like maybe two or three years since I read it. But it's, it's pretty interesting. It's by a guy who knows the, the, the sport quite well. And basically the whole thing is about what if there were no kickers or punters and in the game and what would happen and he analyzes the whole thing and it's actually really interesting and it would be awesome. It's like when people get really into getting rid of pennies. Yes. <laughs> or, hey, do you hear that there's a dude running for president under the, I think he's a Democrat, uh, and part of his big platform is converting the U.S. to the metric system? Oh, <laughs> Lord. Yes. Yes. I mean, of so, course, the metric system yeah, is far superior, but better. but it will never happen. It has to. Well, it's going to happen works sooner. For a or British later. company that can no longer take it. No, can't I mean, take it anymore. I I think it's going to happen like sooner how or many later. Millimeters? But why two thousand millimeters? But how the long interesting is that? thing is that people in the UK don't fully they go back and forth that's true i know that's the worst thing (laughs) that is hilarious and then they just throw you off by saying their weight in stone and then you're like (laughs) okay now my brain (laughs) short-circuited moving to the united states was hard enough for me to learn about inches and miles and all that and then i go over there and someone tells me that they weigh like as much as a stone and i'm thinking a stonehenge and i get a headache I just think Try that dealing with A4 paper. No, nah, I mean like A4 I like A4. Paper it in half and it's the next size down. Exactly. That's it. Every, everything makes sense in that system. Everything makes perfect sense, which who's means Who's the who's I'm, I'm voting for that guy. Yeah, the, well that's what I was going to say. Guy. It Donald makes Trump. perfect sense and it's going to happen. <laughs> no. It's going to happen sooner or later. But I would no, never wait. pretend to run for office. I mean, that, that you're just going to – the people like me that think it's a good idea are going to laugh in your face. And the people that don't think it's a good idea are going to hate you because in their eyes, god damn it, you think we want to be like Europe, like all them faggots over there? And that's, yeah. that's – it's just a terrible idea to run under If he that. did get elected, he would get assassinated right away. The United with, States? Uh, and he would get assassinated with what? A 9 millimeter. 22 caliber. Or a 22. Exactly. Both of them. <laughs> both of them. Metric system. The thing is that the United States, because of its sheer size, has cultural inertia. And that which is in motion stays in motion. And the United States is in motion. Inches are in motion. But that's the thing. It's not. It's never going to change. And the only people that will take it on are gun enthusiasts because of 9 millimeter, 22, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and then... Amateur cyclists that pretend to know how much a, how many kilometers something is by saying, "Oh, we rode a hundred k or whatever." Hmm. No, say k or k's. k's. I don't agree. Which I've always said, amateur cyclists who race should actually stop using kilometers as a way of measuring and use the actual measurement that they all know about, which is how many laps around a suburban like uh, corporate park something is. <laughs> It was like, oh, it was like eight laps around the suburban corporate park. Because that's all they race. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, stop measuring in kilometers. Definitely. Please stop measuring in kilometers. That goes to everybody. Although, no, in bike stuff, it, you do think about the weight of things in grams, I guess. No, I mean, there's a lot of things that you use. 
um, what do you call that, um, the metric system. But there's a lot of stuff that I still use the metric system for. Un unless I'm working on... Uh, whatever, who, who gives a shit? Sergio now is actually part of the of uh, Team Sky. The list that I have here is Chris Froome, Sergio now, Peter Kaniak, uh, Mikel Nieve, Richie Port, Nicolas Roche, and Geraint Thomas. Richie Port. Richie Port. Mm. Yeah, he dropped a few kilograms. He's ready. <laughs> One stone. He, he dropped. <laughs> I don't even know. That might be like so probably a lot. I think one stone might be like forty pounds. I think or so because aren't people's isn't people's weight like four and a half stone? I mean, how can how precise can it be? That's so this imprecise. Is what I, this is what I've said about psi in bar. Like in Europe, they're like, oh, it's about four bar, eight bar, or whatever, and I'm like, I need like three numbers. Like, yeah, I that seems something vague. far more precise. <laughs> I, need three I can't numbers. weigh eight of something. I need to weigh more than that. Okay. So that I can tell you and I can, you know, have some idea. Right now, everyone in the UK is upset. Oh, yeah, because we don't, we don't upset the Brits very often. A stone is 14 pounds. So I can tell you that I weigh 10.7 stone. 10.7 stone. Uh, a little bit more than 10.7 stone. How many, how many kilograms is that? Oh, I, no, I weigh, I weigh just over just over 11 stones. Six and a half kilograms. That's ridiculous, though. That is the stupidest thing in the world. Why would you say, like, oh, 11.0714? Why can't I just say 155 pounds? But wait, if there's millimeter, centimeter, and meter. Well, decameter as well, yeah. But. Okay, so what is there? Pebble, stone? <laughs> Rock, boulder? Rock, boulder? Cobblestone. Cobble? Yeah, where's the cobblestone? That's like a deca. That makes no sense. <laughs> Uh, the metric sure, the stone thing is is it's just silly. ancient. It's, it's like just, from Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's some Game of Thrones stuff. <laughs> the they're just keeping coming. it. They're keeping it around like the like the monarchy. They just keep it around because they like it. It doesn't make any sense. And it's it good doesn't. for tourism. <laughs> it's good for tourism. <laughs> it's good for a laugh on a podcast. When you you know you know how when you land, uh, I mean all. Three of us have been to London in recent memory. You know how when you land in the airport, there's that guy there that guesses your weight in stone. <laughs> you give no. him, a, you give it's him a couple pounds. Oh my lord! No, no, you don't remember that. You didn't see that guy. He guesses your weight, but it doesn't really matter because he gives it to you in stone, so you have no idea if it's right or not. So he never, you never get the little plush animal. Is he standing inside one of the red? phone booths yes and he's wearing one of those like uh black bear hats beef eater he's a beef eater uh yeah unlike you that's right vegan nacho cheese and by the way when you land into jfk to all of you in the uk that haven't been here the entire country of the united states basically kicks you in the balls <laughs> which is the equivalent of like someone trying to guess your weight for entertainment an entire country just culturally kicks you in the balls and doesn't uh, even apologize. Because it is the worst, absolute worst airport in the history of mankind. So who has a calendar? How long until the Tour de France starts? I'm looking. It will be not this coming days. Saturday, but the one after. Oh, you okay. said the fourth, right? Yeah, the fourth. Oh, well, so that means that we won't be talking until halfway to the... Oh, wait a second, Klaus. You're going to be in the middle of busy season, right in the middle of the Tour de France. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will be out of pocket, as they say. I will be driving across country. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Mike, don't act like you're not jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, don't think driving for days and days. That's another thing that when you realize how big this freaking country is. You can drive for hours and hours, for days and days, longer than a week, and still be in the same country. It's crazy. Yes, it is crazy. Kilometers. <laughs> how many kilometers? <laughs> yeah. uh, how many? How many? How many kilometers is that between here and the other um, side of the country? I'll be eating forty thousand. I I may either gain or lose or lose a lot of stone. Yeah, or pebbles or something. <laughs> um. No, because I was thinking that maybe we're going to have to do predictions for the Tour de France now then. I don't even know who's racing. 
Uh, Roman Bardet. Richie Port. Uh, Lars Bohm. I'll say, Mike, who was it that was going to win the Tour of California? <laughs> Lawson Craddock. That's who's going to take it. No. I can tell you, like, the, fa- the, 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 the main contenders are Nibali. Contador Quintana. Contador Quintana. Froome. Fava Froome. Fava Froome. Uh, and that's, like, the cutoff of real contenders. Yes. Yeah. From then on down, there's Joaquin Rodriguez and Robert Gesink and, you know, those guys. But Marcel Kittle. Marcel Kittle. Let's pick, let's pick stage wins. You know, who's going to go for these early stage wins? Kittle hasn't been racing hardly at all this season. True. Who else is going yeah. to contest? Um, Mark Cavendish. Some French guys. Bohani. Well, he's not a, but, he... Yeah, Buhani's racing, but he, oh, yeah. Yeah. he didn't do absolutely anything in the Tour de Sud. He was like, is Tom Bonin doing the tour? He is in... For Cavendish? Uh, no, he's not in the shortlist. The, the shortlist for Ethics is Alaphilippe Cavendish, uh, Mikhail Golash, uh, Mikhail Kiatowski, Nicholas Mais, Tony Martin, Mark Renshaw, Fabio Sabatini, Peter Seri, Stewart, Trentin, Uran, and Vermont. Oh, Stebar for some stages. Maybe. People Wait, Uran is in the list? It's on the list. Yeah, he's in the list. I doubt they're going to select him, but... No way. Yeah, dude, that's... I mean, other than that, it's like, you know, the Thibaut Pinos of the world. Like, people that mm-hmm. are never going to win. My guess is... Oh, Harley Pantano is in it, too. People Pozzato, yeah. Rui Costa. It's, it's Froome versus Quintana. Really? I think... You think Nibali is going to be neutralized? I just don't... I haven't seen Nibali very good this year either, but... Am I crazy that up against really crazy competition like there is this year, all of a sudden he fades into a second tier along with with a contador that starts to lose it? But maybe I'm just totally out of it Mm. and still don't think of him as a true, true, true contender when faced with someone like Contador and Froome. Right. So Contador from <coughs> Nibali and Quintana, Quintana. basically, huh? Hmm. It's crazy that in a race like this, there could be four serious, serious contenders. They better a- not crash out at the beginning either. Oh, Mike, yeah. Now that Sorry. you said that, I know. Someone's not going to see Contador because he's wearing camouflage and kaboom. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, in Vegas, yes. as they say, in Vegas, uh, Chris Froome is favorite. Uh-huh. Nairo Quintana, second. Alberto Contador, third. Vincenzo Nibali, fourth. Yep. And that then sounds right. Long past that. Thibaut Pino, 22 to 1. Joaquin Rodriguez, 33, 33 to 1. TJ Van Garden, 32 to 1. Where's Talansky? <laughs> <laughs> Talansky is, uh, is 100 to 1. Same odds as Aru, and I didn't even know Aru was racing. What? So, here's a question. Does Quintana race with a power meter? No. Yeah, Aru is not even in the team. <laughs> but he has the same chance of winning as Andrew Talansky. <laughs> oh, Wouldn't awesome. it be kind of cool if a guy with no power meter One. beats the guy that's always looking at his power meter? <laughs> that would be funny. Yes. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Marcel Kittel. What do you think are the odds on him winning the Tour de France? He's not going to win. I know, but there is odds if you oh, want to put oh. some money on him. 1,500 to 1. No. Klaus? I don't know, in the high hundreds, like 800 to 1. Is that crazy? I don't know what how the odds are. 80 like, stone. 2,000 to 1. Two thousand to 1. Eight. I was close. To one. lower than him? Nobody. Mark Cavendish? <laughs> Nobody. Mark Cavendish and, and Marcel Kittel are the last line, and they're both 2001. I, I didn't hear you say Mark Cavendish got cut off because of Skype. I thought you said Mark Anthony. <laughs> Mark Anthony has the exact same chances of winning the Tour de France than Marcel Kittel. Like, wow, that guy married J-Lo for a few years, and now he's – I didn't know he was that famous. Oh, man. You can bet on a lot of really dumb people. You can waste a lot of money. You can bet on Bryce Filiu winning the Tour de France. 
That is incredible. I wonder if his mom and dad like put in a couple of euro just to make him feel good. Um, if you want to bet on what bike will win the Tour de France, Pinarello is first with uh, six to four odds. So it's not very good but odds. That's it's the same as the it's odds the for the favorites, unless there's two teams oh, using right. something. Canyon is second, two to one. Katusha and Movistar. Yeah. Specialized mm. is third. Astana, Quickstep, okay, and yeah. think of. So the the odds for Canyon are just bettered a bit because of. Be- uh, I guess so. Yeah. What's his name? Yeah. Uh, Bora Argon five hundred to one. If you don't wanna, you know, the Argon eighteen bikes or whatever. Uh, to, bikes to win the green jersey. Peter Sagan. Five yeah. to six. Yeah, terrible oh. odds. Oh my god! If he doesn't win that jersey, if he win, wait, if he win, if he wins the green jersey, if he even wears that thing with, oh, the camo, with the camo, with the national champs jersey that he has currently has to wear, he Oof. will be asked to leave the sport. I, I I've asked him to leave the sport before. He doesn't pay attention to me. There's but no you, way that that kit combination can work. But you know what's kind of perfect? The fact that it's kind of it kind of suits him perfectly. Oh, no, it's no, no, no. as ugly and as annoying of a combination as he is. Yes, I agree. Uh, for the KOM, Nairo Quintana is 4-1. to one. Chris mm-hmm. Froome is 8-1. to one. Contador is 9-1. to one. Pierre Roland is 11-1. to one. But who's actually going to take it? Luis Angel Mate? Juliana Redondo. Juliana Redondo, let's see. Juliana Redondo, put your money on that dude. And I can tell you, you can make some money. Let's see. Oh, my God, there is a lot of people... You really can. Uh, Juliana Redondo, 300, 300 to 1. There's a, there's a bet here called the Big Four versus the Field. You can pick Froome, Contador, Nibali, and Quintana for one, like 1 to 10, or 10 to 1 rather. Or no, 1 to 10. Or the Field, 5 to 1. So anybody else that wins. So if it's not one of those four, you get five to one odds. That's, That's just a crazy bet. Like how people bet the over under on the uh, length of the national anthem at the Super yeah. Bowl. You can have. Uh, you can have. This is good, man. This is the outright head to head. So you can go Ryder Hesserdal versus uh, Simon Spielak, Joaquin Rodriguez versus Alejandro Valverde, Rafael oh, nice. Maika versus John Christophe Perot. T.J. Van Gardner versus Andrew Talansky, Rui Costa versus Rigobert Turan, Richie Port versus Jakob Fuglsen. Who who thought of these pairings? Yeah. Alberto Contador, Vincenzo Nibali, Danny Moreno, Adam Yates. <laughs> what? Probably a computer. Yeah. Probably a UCI ranking computer or something. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Okay. I've spent enough money here. Oh, betting, <laughs> betting without Froome. I don't know what this means. Oh. This is outright winner if Chris Froome doesn't win. So if, if he crashes again. So no, if Chris Froome is that what that is? If Chris Froome wins, then oh. the the bet is null. But if he doesn't, then you can. Wow, outright winner without Chris Froome. That's, well, I can tell you what happens is that Scott is again left with many many Baba Froome T-shirts. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, did we pick favorites or no? Remember how we did it for the Giro? We did it for the Giro. We said with your heart and with your head. Yep. Heart, Quintana, head. I'm not going to say Froome. Quintana. I'm doing both. Quintana. Both Quintana. All right. Mike? Head, Froome. Heart. I want to pick Quintana, but I don't want to be that guy who orders the same meal as the guy who just ordered. What the fuck's the difference? Do it. I mean, yeah, I would love to see Quintana win. Okay. There you go. The cheeseburger and fries are good. <laughs> With nacho vegan cheese. Yeah, there's no shame in ordering that. Okay, I'm going to blow you guys' minds. You ready? Oh, no. My heart, Rigoberto Turan. So in my heart, in my heart of hearts, what I desire is for Rigoberto Turan to number Ooh, one. We don't heart of heart. Exactly. To be selected for the team and that he goes ahead and wins the race because I would rather have him win than Quintana. Mm-hmm. Huh. But my head says Alberto Contador. Oh, really? Yeah. I think so. He I could win. So. Yeah, he could do it. I think so. 
In your heart, Rigoberto Aran is five years younger than he really is. <laughs> now, here's the thing. We have not seen Froome go head-to-head with Contador when he is at full, at full. racing speed, let's call it. Because his here's first year I back... I, I think Contador, something has happened to Contador in the last couple of years that has made him... <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going there. <laughs> Okay, where are you going? Uh, something has ha- that has made him a more tactically sound racer. Oh, okay. He raced the Giro basically on his own, by himself, him against an entire team. Oh, totally. He, but like we said, when whereas he- I think Froome is more Froome is physically probably better, like numbers wise on paper. But I don't think he's as smart. No, I'll I'll, I'll give you that. I think it's true. I mean, I think Contador is also kind of gutsier and more cunning, which, by the way, is a quality that I think Quintana has in spades. Mm. Like he, I don't know that tactically he's as as wise as Contador, because Contador has more experience, but I think that Quintana's uh, just a, uh, I don't want to say he's like a killer, that sounds he's cheesy, but I can't think of Cold-blooded, yeah. Ruthless. Ruthless. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, hmm, I don't know. We'll see. I, I still, I don't, I just don't see Contador. In in my head, I can't think. I, I can I can imagine all four of them going up a climb, and I just can't see Contador being dropped. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't feel. But just remember right. the first year that he came back. No, I mean I know that, and and I know that he's gotten dropped before, of course, but. And notice that none of us are talking about Nibali. Yeah. See? It's not just me. Then maybe the whole show was all wrong. Who knows? Nah. I don't think so. Are you guys excited for this race? No. <laughs> Isn't that sad? <laughs> <laughs> are you, Mike? No. Kind of. Kind yeah? Of. Well... Yeah, that kind of. On on paper, it it, it looks like it's going to be uh, yeah. kind of chaotic. No, it is. But honestly, yeah. honestly, honestly, I think the last time that I was like super excited for a for a tour was probably I don't know, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, maybe. Man, eighty eighty four. Well, yeah, the eighty six tour was awesome. But yeah, no, I, I I can't. I mean, the tour is. You know, we've said it a million times. The tour is like Disneyland. Is it fun? Yeah, it's fun, but it's clean and crisp and very planned out and it's not like it's not like the Giro which is like an amusement park you know with like crazy roller coasters and and that's put together by carnies that are getting high behind the concession stands <laughs> yeah and exactly. might fall apart at any moment and sometimes does no 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 that's the Vuelta oh right right right, right. the Vuelta is the local amusement park the the Giro is the Six Flags and the tour is just the magic yeah, kingdom. No, the, la- the last thing anyone should do is get over- overly excited about it. But I think if, if we can make it through the first week and all these guys we just talked about are in contention, we're going to have a good race. Yes. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that this will be a good I race. I absolutely, completely agree. Completely agree. I do think it's a bummer that someone, one of these people, could be taken out by something that could be avoided. Maybe I'm sounding like, you know... Old and stodgy and that. Is stodgy a word? I don't know. Whatever. Yes. You know what I mean? Because I know. I mean, hey, racing is dangerous and all that. But I don't know. It's just kind of lame when it's decided that way. Agree. Agree. Um, Anything else, gentlemen? I have something to promote. Shoot. This weekend in New York is the Bicycle Film Festival. I saw it. It's been Going on for 15 years this is the 15th anniversary. On Friday evening, there's going to be a screening of a film called The Commentator, which is a documentary about Jorgen Leth, the guy who made yeah. Stars and Water Carriers and A Sunday in Hell. It's a, it's a rough cut. It's not completely finished, but there's going to be a screening at 9 p.m. on Friday night at Anthology Film Archives. And afterwards, I'm going to host a panel with the director and two of the cinematographers on the film. Brent Barber, Brian Werner, and Lucas Burnell. So if anyone is in New York and wants to come see that, I think it's going to be pretty cool. So explain a little bit what it's about, because it's not just about him as a commentator, but it also follows Christoph Raymond. That's right, yeah. 
Um, it's an hour long, and it and it basically so Sunday in Hell was about the '76 Paris Roubaix, and they go back to Paris Roubaix because Jorgen goes back every year because now he's a commentator for Danish TV, a cycling commentator. Mm-hmm. So they just basically go back and sort of follow the 2012 or 11 Paris Roubaix. Um, the way that he did, kind of, but it, they follow um, since since uh, Leth is in the commentator booth, which there isn't much going on in the booth, but they follow Christoph Remo and the photographer around, and you get to really feel and see what that race is like, the physicality of the race, and um, they talk to to Leth a lot, and it's re- it's a really it's really well done, and uh, puts sort of the history of those types of movies. I mean, those two those two films are crazy. You can watch those over and over, over and over again. Over again. Um, they put they sort of put that type of sports journalism on the map and elevated it. Um, so it, I think it's going to be interesting to talk to Brent about why he made this, what he plans to get out of it. You know, hopefully it'll reintroduce or introduce uh, let's work to new to new fans, new people. Um, I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I think uh, is, is it true that there's also going to be a screening and a Q&A? Uh, or actually, I know it's true because while Mike is doing that, I'll be hosting a Q&A uh, in Tribeca at a small uh, studio apartment for uh, Cobble's Baby <laughs> with the director of that. So if to anyone get, wants to get Sky Cody back in front of some people. Yeah, yeah. So make sure that he that he's name sorry, Mike, I didn't mean to schedule it at the same time, but you know, things it it just worked out that way. We no. were left out of the uh film festival, so I'll be doing the Q&A with its uh cobbles baby. It's pretty yeah. interesting that you got a good spot in Tribeca, man. That's a prime yeah, location. I don't know. I was going to say something about the Tribeca Film Festival and it just came out that way. I thought you should have said something like an Avenue D like right yeah. by the projects and everything. Behind a dumpster. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting with uh, Sunday in Hell that, you know, people ask you like, oh, what's your favorite movie? And my, my answer is always very easy, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, no doubt. But then you're like, oh, well, I don't know. But then I also like this one. I like, uh, you know, Back to the Future and I like Coming to America and blah, 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 blah. I never think of those two movies as actual films that would be in the same category. But I think if I include them, then Sunday in Hell is probably my top mm-hmm. 10 movies of all times. Mike, oh, for sure. Yeah. What's your favorite movie, Mike? Do you have a favorite movie of all time? Yeah. No, I don't. Really? It, I mean, it'd have to be a list. Like, it, there's no one movie that stands out. Yeah. Well, I do have my movie that stands out because I actually did a, a top ten a bunch of years ago, and the top one, the, the, the top one has never changed. Definitely Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. I know what Mike's Definitely. favorite movie is. Ted. <laughs> yes, because it's from Boston. <laughs> See? No. Yeah. Uh, Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> yeah. That's Depa- right. Departed. The Departed. <laughs> yes, there you go. Oh, man. Depart- I heard that you were, you were actually in that, aren't you, Mike? Or is I, am, it, I am in it. It's based, it's based on, on, on a true story of, your, of yours. You, you actually wrote the, the screenplay based <laughs> on a, your, your life. Yep. yep. Okay. Okay, that's it. Klaus, anything else? Uh, no, I'm putting some stuff up on the blog, but yeah, like I said, my life has been disrupted, so I'm not posting that much. I put something up today, and I'm kind of holding on sending out orders, so if you're going to order something, just understand that it's going to take a while. There's a little note there explaining when stuff will be sent out, but that's it. Um, yeah, and my life has been turned upside down a little bit as well, so that's why I'm not doing show notes anymore. I don't care. Uh, at least, I mean, but, you know, whatever. Just look it up. And, uh, yeah, I guess we're going to come. We'll, we'll come back at some point during the tour. We'll, we'll discuss what's happening in the tour. And if Klaus is too busy to hang out with us, then uh, maybe we'll get uh, a guest uh, replacement or mm-hmm. something. Maybe. Mike, maybe don't sound that excited. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah. Licking the, the program. Licking the, right the proverbial chops. Oh, what? Oh, oh, there we go. There we go. Now we're cooking with gas. Yeah. That's it, everybody. Anything? Anything else? I've been, no. I, I've been saying that's it for like the last 15 minutes. So this is going to be it. Last chance. In three, in two, in one. We're out of here. Peace. We're out of here. Peace. What was that, your dog? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that was he perfect. made a cameo. <laughs> I'm 
playing tug of war with her right by my feet. All right. <laughs> <laughs>